This is Web Suasion Conversation, Episode 6. Welcome to the show. I'm Ryan Williams, president of the Web Suasion Group, and we're coming to you from our Capoca Studios and Pinewood Atlanta Studios in Atlanta, Georgia. Today on the show, we've got Rob Riggs of Your Design Online. Rob is a serial entrepreneur and web developer like myself, and we're going to talk about trials and tribulations of running a development team and spinning up other products and services. So one of the many things I think Rob and I would both agree on is that before you choose a web developer for your mobile or cloud app development project, you want to make sure you're checking off the right boxes. Web developers need to be working with modern standards, everything from the database up to the user interface. They need to be tracking all of their commits through versioning software, and they need to make sure they have the proper development workflow from development to QA to production. There are a lot of things that a reputable developer needs to adhere to. And as a business owner, there is absolutely no reason you should know any of that. So what we've done is developed a nice little checklist. Any developers that you're working with, you can just ask these questions and then you will know whether they are up to par or not. To download your free copy of the PDF, just go to our website. That's websuasion.com forward slash checklist, W-E-B-S-U-A-S-I-O-N.com forward slash C-H-E-C-K-L-I-S-T all together. And now here is our interview with Rob Riggs of Your Design Online. Rob, thank you for being on the show. Absolutely. Thanks, Ryan, for having me. So tell me about your background. How did you get into web development? In my previous life, I was a computer programmer for a clothing manufacturer. And we would send shirts to Pakistan and have them embroidered. They were were college t-shirts, sweatshirts. And I built systems to track the status of orders, report back to customer service, uh, electronic order processing, uh, reporting, financial reporting. It, uh, it was a lot of fun, but uh, at the end of the day, I was staring at pages and pages of code. And uh, when I started to uh, become slightly disillusioned with, uh, am I going to do this for the next you know, 80 years? Right. I started to look at the projects that got me the most excited. And uh, they were the projects that I was engaged with uh, the people who were using the tools that I was creating. So customer service reps, uh, you know, if I can, I can tweak something to make their job easier. Right. Um, so it was it was kind of the uh, you know UX before that became a, a key phrase, I guess. User experience so, stuff. Yeah. Right. So were you working directly with those customers in those instances and saying like, they were coming to you and saying we're having a problem with this and how how can you work this out to make this better for us? Our internal users were the the big okay. users that I was dealing with. So uh, they were they were tracking where their orders were. Were they in production? Were they sh- in shipment? Were they in a warehouse somewhere? Yeah. And, and making sure they knew where everything was a, a, to a specific box in a specific bin in a specific warehouse. Making their job easy so they didn't have to spend time chasing things down. It was all available on a screen for them. And it's always been inventory-based stuff that you were doing back then. It, it kind of started from that hole. Because that's, that's pretty technical and it gets into a lot of product variations and, you know, right. track and SKUs and all that. So you were dealing with 
A lot of relational database stuff, I imagine. Yes. And a lot of pretty intensive. So from shirt size to color to we yeah. we implemented a you know case lot uh, like radio frequency systems. So mm-hmm. When things came off the truck, Scanned we knew in. where it went. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Okay. What year was this? I guess it was. 2004, 2005, okay. something like that. Just you at the time, or did you? <clears throat> Just me. Oh wow! And uh, so I and I was the guy who did everything. Uh, right. So I, I I got a client. I went to work for them, and uh, you know, producing, so design, develop, uh, you know, and launch the thing. Mm-hmm. What I realized. Uh, quickly was that uh, if I wanted to make more money, uh, I had to work harder, go right. sell more, go produce more. Uh, and it was uh, it was not a lifestyle that uh, I could support, I knew, if I wanted to grow. Right. And you were selling time, so you had a finite product to, to be able to sell. So at what point did you start bringing on other developers and I grew first using freelancers okay. um, because uh, you know that's that's what I could afford at the time. And uh, 2009, I believe, I started hiring local. What I saw is that it was a lot easier for me to have conversations in the same room with somebody and explain kind of where we were going, what we needed to accomplish. They're more expensive um, here locally. Sure, you know, sure. People need higher salaries than they do in you know India or Philippines or whatever. Right. But what I found was that I could rely on the results. Oh, Absolutely. Better. And, yeah, and, uh, you have, and you get more out of the time that you're spending on it, too. So, I mean, really, right. you know, I think it's an argument about whether it's really expensive in the long run. You come yeah. up with a better product, it's easier to maintain, you know, it's going to be less cost down the road. Absolutely. And it's it's better, too, if a client's coming to the office to actually have an office, right. to actually have people in that office that I can depend on to bring the deepest level of technical experience. As much as technology is changing, I can't know every technology that's coming out and is available. Uh, so if I've got team members that uh, dive deep into their specific trade, then I can pull in specific resources for a meeting with a client and get that responded to immediately and not have to wait, you know, for the, for the Indian time cycle to be their daylight hours right, and right. then our, you know, it's, we've seen yeah. a lot of delay that, uh, in that regard. Cause you've got a pretty big team. How many people are on? <clears throat> so our team is 12 and, okay. wow. um, not all developers, you know, but, right. uh, it's, uh, I'm amazed at how many people that it takes to run a business yeah. that's not directly re- responsible for production. What are some of the challenges that you're finding with running that large of a team? Uh, for me, it's hard to stay abreast on the changes in technology. If you looked at my personality profile, I want to build something and build it really well and then not touch it again. Right. I'm going to walk away and do something else. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that, as you know, um, that doesn't work super well in uh, in this industry. Technology is always changing. Yeah, uh, yeah. New technologies arise. So encouraging the team to stay abreast on what uh, technologies are evolving yeah. uh, while not being uh, the master of all trades um, and trying to be everything to everyone. I'm trying to help the team find an area of focus and dive really deep within that and then bring other team members on that have other uh, you know, varied experience that I don't have because I can't stay on top of all of it. At what point did you find yourself becoming sales lead, marketing your own business? At what point did you see that tilt happen? So I started replacing myself with the jobs in the company that I was least efficient at. If you look at my talent, I'm not the best at design or development or you know a right. lot of those things. So I started there replacing myself in actually doing the work. Right. And then that left me more time to go sell more business when I didn't have to do the 
design or the development, but I was still project manager and uh, replaced myself in, you know, that and uh, an admin assistant to, you know, answer the phones and do the billing. And the more removed I was from the work, still keeping an eye on, you know, are we meeting our deadlines and uh, are clients happy? So yeah. the high level success metrics. But uh, the the more time I had to go and you know, figure out high level what's what's going to uh, keep my team fed basically. Right. Um, and a few years into actually having a local staff, I started spending more and more of my time you know, focusing on like growing the business, growing relationships. So are you the one pretty much bringing in the business though? You're you're keeping that sales funnel full. That for uh, for, for now we have yeah. um, th- so. Th- Three people that's on the BizDev team. Okay. It's been me since the beginning, and so I've got the the biggest book of business just because I've got the most relationships over the years. And one has been with us for a few years, and uh, and you know starting to uh, to get traction. And one we just hired uh, probably four months ago, and he's got experience in the agency world, mm-hmm. so he's got you know great relationships. But trying to get an understanding of what it is we do, how we do it differently right. from others. Yeah, that's the hardest thing is trying to get people to learn how to sell. Right. You find great salesmen all the time, but trying to get them to sell stuff that they don't understand is really difficult. And Absolutely. can't explain to the client. Yeah. We're, we're a bit different than selling media. Yeah. And what have you found that's been most effective from a sales perspective for your business? Is it cold calling? Or are you? Well, thankfully, I have not picked up the phone once to cold call. That's great. Um, so it's, uh, I don't know if I'm, you know, how far we could be ahead of where we are now if I, if I had, I don't know. But um, to me, it's about relationships. People Mm -hmm. will work with people they know, like, and trust. Right. And so I'm doing a lot of networking, um, and networking can take place across a lot of avenues. But anything from like a you know BNI, a structured networking course, Mm -hmm. to you know chamber events, I'm involved a lot in uh, Facebook groups and uh, some digital networking, if you will. And I've found a lot of success in there. Some referrals uh, from specific groups. And if I look at the clients we have the most success with, what verticals are they in and how can I provide value to those clients to where we can impact the community, uh-huh. but uh, but ultimately it, it leads to more business as well. What are your primary industries? Are there specific ones that you kind of focus on? Or? Yeah, we work with a, a lot of different uh, companies from, you know, restaurants to doggy daycare to, okay. um, to, you know, to enterprise. But we see the primary clients coming from uh, professional services. So somebody who uh, it's in the, you know, legal, medical, financial, engineering, somebody who has okay. to take a test to do what they do for a living. Right. Um, we find a lot of, uh, of good things that we can provide value in. And then uh, funded nonprofits. And there's a lot of groups out there, uh, NFPs that are doing good in their community, which we'd love to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot easier to impact those communities when there's some budget there. So I'm, I'm not right. saying like we wouldn't help some, we do, we do some pro bono things every year for small right, right. nonprofits, but uh, the big ones, we've got some really good case studies about what we've been able to accomplish leveraging technology. And then we do a lot of white label developing for other marketing agencies that have great strategy and design in-house, but they don't have that technology resource um, because they don't have work regularly enough that requires that. So we make a great partner. We're doing what we do day in, day out, and we can come along and advise, consult and deliver that technology for those companies. Well, and then you do a lot of marketing as well. So how did you get into the marketing side of this? I mean, is it just from the nature of working on the web that 
marketing comes into play, obviously. Exactly. Or, okay. It was uh, it was the next step. We uh, you know you could build the the best web environment that is out there, but unless people know about it, right? Then it's you know what's what's the point? Our clients are not building websites to have a, a prettier interface. Right. Uh, basically, it's got to produce revenue. So we look at the ROI behind that. On that note, do you have any particular suggestions that you would have for a, a new business owner or a business owner that's kind of in the stagnant period and they're trying to get into a growth period? What are the biggest mistakes that you see them make with their website from a marketing standpoint or technology either way? So some of the the biggest things uh, I see people stumble on are trying to build something that they themselves like and will be proud of. We want to make our clients happy, but at the end of the day, it's not about them because what's going to make them happy is uh, the revenue that this produces. So a lot of times they don't want a chat bot, let's say, uh, for an e-com site. Um, uh, I don't like them, so (laughs) obviously they don't work, yeah. Or, um, you know, I like this shade of blue or, you know, red or whatever, when those two colors are diametrically opposed in what they're going to produce. Right. Um, and so if you go back to marketing classes and learning what, what colors do and incite inside of people, you know, the red color is going to either uh, indicate, you know, danger or excitement or, you know, something. Right. Blue is, you know, cool and, you know, trusted um, advisory, consultative. And uh, so even to the level of, you know, uh, typefaces. Uh, so if you mm-hmm. look at a font, whether the uh, individual letters are more rounded or if right. it's serif, you know, what does it communicate to a potential buying audience? I was talking about this yesterday with somebody. The... Um, uh, Bank of America brand versus Ally. Ally is is bank. It's all digital, but the uh, the brand is all lowercase. It's very soft, right. and it communicates that uh, almost it's a it's a do it yourself platform. It's all online. They don't really take the same approach that a Bank of America does. When you look at Bank of America, the serif font, it brings an image of a guy in a suit, right. a little bit stodgy. We've done this for 800 years. It's different markets, and nobody was sitting in a boardroom saying, I like this font versus this other font. <laughs> right, right. And it's there a, was market research behind absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, there's a reason that when you go to financial websites, they're often in blue. or you know, like, Exactly right. The, the, the psychological aspect of that. So do you find yourself advising clients more than like, you know, kind of in a, an advisory role when you sit down with them of like, well, this is why we need to do this, guiding them through the process more so than uh, establishing it. Are you having to pitch them multiple versions and and all of that? Or or how do you usually kind of guide them through that process? Oftentimes. So again, it depends on where the client is in their journey. So when we're dealing with a, a startup, they obviously, uh, you know, come to us with nothing, right. and we have to engage in those conversations. And we'll start with a, a mood board. What gets your approval? Is and start on a, a line of of super stodgy or super trendy, and and figure out you know where they're aligning, because you know we do have to make them happy too. But uh, more of our business is somebody coming to us with an established brand, and it's tired. It needs an overhaul, right? Um, or um, they're happy with the way things look, but it's not generating, uh, you know, what they need to generate. So you guys do a lot of A-B testing and that kind of stuff with like trying to, to figure out where the problems are. A-B testing and supporting the back end, watching what user behavior is and figuring out what would make this a, you know, a better experience for your users, what's going to generate better revenue 180 days out. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's the direction we try to drive. So you're a bit of a serial entrepreneur sure. and you've got a lot of other companies that have come out of your design online. At what point did you start getting into a lot of these other side 
businesses, other entrepreneurial aspects like Aeroscript and National Benefits Program. Did that come out of that freelance work that you were doing on the side initially, or did that come later after you'd started your business? A lot of our work meets a specific custom need for a, for a specific client. So what we found with these companies that have kind of spun off is that we produced a technological solution for a specific company, and we found a, a broader use for that. Mm-hmm. And so the first one you mentioned is a prescription company. It's a, it's a family of five or six uh, pharmacies in the southeast uh, United States, and they're heavily regulated with the FDA. Right. And so when the FDA comes and says, you know, how much of this uh, drug do you have on inventory, and where did the uh, the delta between what you had last month, uh, where did it all go? Right. They have to pr- be able to provide a detailed report over where all of those pills went, or th- face you know heavy fines, be, sure. you know risk being shut down uh, by government regulation. And uh, so what we found when the uh, the FDA would come in and request an audit like that, it was taking an employee three days to track that. And uh, if you do the math behind what you're paying somebody to to do that mm-hmm. uh, for three days, um, and however often they come in every month, every quarter, whatever, um, the cost of doing so of manpower alone was huge. And so we digitized that entire process, the audit uh, in inventory system such that they could produce a real-time report. Here's where everything went and here are the, right. uh, the patients that the, the drugs went to. And um, so from a cost alone, it, it paid for itself the first quarter. But what we saw was an opportunity to take that to a broader community because they're not the only pharmacy organization in the, in the U.S. Um, so they're a member of an association that we're partnering with them to take to a wider community. And uh, so there's a lot of potential there. It's still kind of uh, young in its infancy, but uh, uh-huh. we're looking forward to seeing good things. National Benefits is a, is a similar thing, but a completely different uh, industry. They provide small business discounts. Okay. Um, so it's a, it's a discount program where small businesses can save money on the national retailers that they're dealing with every day. Office Depot, Sprint, uh, you know, uh, Lenovo, ADP, small business service providers. Uh, they saw an opportunity to reach rather than you know, knock door to door on small businesses. Hey, do you want to save you know, this money on, on these services? They saw an opportunity to push through verticals, associations, uh, credit card processing, other right. people dealing with small business. And, uh, and that made the, a, a huge difference okay. with, uh, for that company. What about quantum lead solutions? So that's insurance industry? What do you? It is. So yes, we saw an opportunity to help small insurance agencies get leads because their agents were cold calling. And that was the yeah. number one recipe for success. But they're most effective when they're in front of a client, right. uh, getting them to sign on the dotted line. So we thought, what if we had a call center that was generating interest? We could get data of people that hit a certain criteria. Are right. they new family? Are they you know approaching senior citizenship? And get people who were actually interested, qualified leads that we'd sell to those insurance agents uh-huh. and uh, and get them in front of people who are actually interested in speaking to them. Save them time from cold calls, knocking on the doors that they hate doing anyway, and uh, get them in front of people who are ready to hear more information on their product. Did you do this strategically or just kind of fall into it to where you're like... <laughs> I'd love to say this is strategic and I had this planned you know, 20 years ago. It's one step at a time. Both of these 
companies started out as clients. And when we really got under the hood and figuring out what solution made sense for them, the opportunity arose through some strategic conversations. And some have gone really well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And some have, uh, you know, just fizzled or some have, you know, they're just staying alive. Right. And, right. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's okay. It's, it's just uh, how it happens. It's yeah, right. Yeah. So looking back, it's been, what, about 18 years that you've... 15, I think, 15? now. Yeah, yes, okay. Yeah. So 15 years, looking back, is there anything that you would have done differently? <laughs> Everything. Everything. Um, <laughs> well, you're doing pretty well, so... I when I look back at uh, some of the decisions, it's, it's typically about people. Um, yeah. Keeping the wrong guy too long or, uh, you know, having somebody in the wrong place not hiring soon enough. Uh, so I'm, I'm always, I'm a big fan of always building the bench, but, uh, but that has some costs associated with it right, as right. well. And uh, extra stress of having to bring more jobs in. Keep, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, you know, sometimes think if I'm, uh, you know, on a weekend or uh, on vacation or something, I think, how great would it be? Like if it were, uh, if I didn't have to support this, this team. Right. But uh, at the end of the day, we would not be where we are without that team Absolutely. because they've got that experience. There's nothing that makes me happier than bringing in. Uh, a client and uh, it gets handled and uh, I, I stay abreast on that uh, you know how things are going but I don't have to touch it yeah you didn't um, step in yeah. absolutely you have to solve any pro- put out any fires or solve any problems yeah it makes me even happier I'll say that uh, we have a client that I don't even know and uh, the, the project is done and uh, I see uh, you know a check come in from somebody I'm not familiar with that's awesome um, so it, that shows me that you know not that uh, that I'm lazy uh, but, or uh, disengaged <laughs> or anything, but, right. yeah, but no, you're doing what you need to do. And yeah, absolutely. And, uh, it, it shows that the process works, um, that it can function without me. So moving forward, then what do you have in mind? What's, what's your 2019 look like? What do you hope to happen, see happen in your business? We're working on a process. Uh, so, and that is going to impact so much of our business from, uh, from production to, uh, to sales, uh, to you know, management. Something I've been working on for the past couple of years is, uh, is metrics, uh, establishing metrics. What's, what are the KPIs that are going to really indicate that things are going well, right. uh, but uh, indicate if there's an issue that I need to be aware of you know, before it's an actual issue, before something's on fire. So I'm constantly looking at the best metrics to track in terms of activity, hours tracked uh, versus hours estimated, and the sales activities that are meant to drive business in. That impacts several areas of the business, but uh, I'm in a lot of meetings right now, and this is not at all what I envisioned uh, 15 (laughs) years ago, you know, 35 hours of meetings every week, but it's actually where I'm most effective in the organization, and uh, I'm... Uh, passionate about it. Yeah, so. yeah. What about yourself? Uh, same thing. I'm falling into the same situation of like you know, pretty much 90% meetings and <laughs> right. 10% architecture and then the rest of it's the dev teams. <laughs> it's yeah. like, you know, which is a total, you know, shift from doing 11 hours of coding a day a year right. ago. And so, uh, yeah. if you're like me, well, you know, you loved it. Um, loved it, hated it. You know, you get, <laughs> right. you get, it gets old really quick to do the same thing. I like, I like variety and I'm, I kind of get the sense you like variety too. That's one of the Absolutely. reasons that, you know, every serial entrepreneur I've ever met kind of has that, like, I'm going to start this up. All right. I got that spinning. All right. I'm going to start mm-hmm. this up. I'm going to get that <clears> spinning and setting up the staff to where they can run with it is great. Sure. Making sure they have what they need in order to do the yep. job. Put the system but. in place and then have them refine it and kind of check in every once in a while. It's Absolutely. That's how those other brands got you know spun up sure. basically. Yeah. But um, while, while I'm pursuing 
other avenues of, uh, you know, let's figure out if there's a, a market here. I want to make sure that the plates we have spinning here, that uh, they're, you know, they're Keep solid. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, ideally I can trust the people that, that have the plates, uh, that they're controlling them. And uh, if I get called in, typically it's because it's reached the extent to where they're comfortable. They call me in and I'll, I'll either advise or, uh, you know, help with a problem or whatever. But uh, problems are going to arise. Sure. Know, Sure. Eventually, anywhere. But uh, and what makes you professional is how you deal with problems. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, great. Well, thank you for being on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Websuasion Conversation. If you haven't already, please subscribe to us on Stitcher, iPhone, Google Play, or Spotify. And if you enjoyed the show, please review us on iTunes, and we may read your review on the show. Next week, we'll be talking to Heather Riggs of Atlanta Legal Marketing, and she will be talking about how you develop your own niche. Thanks for listening and wishing you productive business this week. Mm -hmm.